Oh, there's my hype music. Salutations, possum. Joe here from Offensive Points Podcast, <laughs> reminding everyone to take a collective deep breath and relax. Ah, feel better? It's only week three. We do not know what these teams are yet. Basically, this is an extended preseason. So do not overreact, drop, or trade your studs. In fact, now is a phenomenal time to capitalize on the freakouts of others. As always, we here at the IDP Army are busting our butts to deliver the most comprehensive and entertaining content to help you guys dominate your leagues. Catch us on Sunday morning on YouTube for a live Q&A on starts, sits, trades, whatever it may be. Follow YouTube. Follow us on YouTube at the IDP Army. In fact, follow all of our socials. Go and get the Dynasty Index to better understand if you should hold, buy, sell, both offensive or defensive players. We are building something special here, folks. Thank you for riding with us. Just remember, we live it so you guys can win it. As always, I'm here with two of my best friends for the majority of my life at this point, Billy and Josh. Follow them on Twitter, at JoshLSTL, and at Ombre Vendor, and follow me at OP Joe with two E's. Tonight we have some news nuggets, a new segment that we like to call So Your Player Is On A Bad Team. And in part two, we will have our week three team previews. So guys, let's do this. There's a lot to digest from that. Uh, we're off to a rocky start just from the from the beginning before we even started this. But I, I did notice something during your intro that like is this is is the way the shape of the NFL right now is this because nobody plays in the preseason anymore? Is this yes. why yeah. like these players are just looking so terrible? One hundred percent. It's shrinking down camps. It's you know what they're able to do in the off season, and then you know. I mean, I'm glad that the majority of people are healthy at this point, but at the same time, it's, it's still like, it feels like Rocky starts feels like there's no connection. There's no chemistry between there's no Matt Stafford and Cooper cup connection on week one. I mean, that's still happening, but like there's just some bad football all the way around and uh, it's happening. And you know, your guys' teams, our teams, we're all suffering through it. Some guys are doing great. They never missed a beat. It's just now is not the time to panic. At all. There was one running back that went over 100 yards on Sunday. Why? I didn't oh, yeah. even realize that. That's I had Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, and McCaffrey playing in different leagues, and none of them did anything. And it was just the 12 o'clock hour. It was just like, <sighs> yeah. yeah. Literally, McCaffrey was the only player that went over 100 yards. Uh, and it didn't look back. pretty. Lamar went over 100, but that was from a 75-yard busted play, pretty much. So those were your two 100-yard rushers. So <laughs> if you're worried about the running back uh, position dying, you you may you may your worries may be uh, realized here. So ugh, yikes! Yeah, we've we've been witnessing these freakouts firsthand. I mean, we're seeing players dropped. We're seeing players people just blowing up their dynasty team week after week two. I mean, it's. Uh... Yeah, it's not, to call, wild, so. not to call anybody out on Twitter, but I saw a guy put that the hype on Brees Hall was too like he had gone too far and he hasn't lived up to his ADP, which was in the third round, by the way. He has more points on the season than Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. So <laughs> the, I don't know if the freak out should be for Brees Hall quite yet. I think there's a couple <laughs> other players that we need to start freaking out about a little bit that went pretty high in drafts. Just saying that just shows you where we are. And hey, maybe Father Time has caught up to some of those guys. Who knows? Yeah, that's the dynasty. Probably time caught up to their team. But anyway. All right. Well, before we before we even get into the podcast, Josh, I would like to revisit your Sunday. Um, if you can recount the events that happened, that was many hours and many beers ago. But I'll uh, I'll try to I'll try to get through this. So, all right, let's just say for for Sunday, you know, there's nine games on, and you, you can't watch them all, right? So you, you're like, hey, let me go up to my local Buffalo Wild Wings or, or a similar establishment. And uh, not to call anyone, <laughs> I guess. I guess the, the cat's out of the bag. Oh, we'll mark point, that so. one off the uh, potential sponsorship list. Yeah, I don't right? think they're sponsoring us at this point. <laughs> Continue. The, week one, there was one game missing, and you know this isn't our our, our local bar where we we've gone for years because that one unfortunately closed down. R.I.P. Mark, thank you. Uh, but I used to have a, the GM come up and be like, "Hey, did, did I miss any games? Did I miss any games?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, yeah, the you know Cleveland game, whenever you know, whatever." Uh, but this time is the first week one. It was a, it was a little, a little bit of attitude given. And then the second time, uh, just, just saying, Hey, there's not a game up here. You got 10 TVs. You got nine games. Just figured you might want to put them all up there. And, uh, second time now, uh, uh, just saying, Oh, Hey, we have five TVs in a row, three of which have the exact same game and not to, uh, you know, 
throw throw anything on the fire about Carolina, but it was the Carolina <laughs> game. And I was like, hey, can we uh get this garbage off one of the TVs and just throw another game on there? In a very nice way. I was like, hey, uh, can, can you when you can? And asked the bartender. The bartender asked the manager. And the manager says to her, we aren't changing games. We have we have customers in this restaurant, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, you know, paying customers sitting at the bar while trying to in, in, enjoy some football. Anyway, so she comes back and, I, you know, it was a little later. And I was like, hey, uh, just wondering if you were going to put that on or whatever. And she's like, oh, he said we're not changing the games. And I just go, so we're just not going to watch all the football games because your boss is too lazy to get over there? I didn't say that all, but I wanted yeah, to. Okay. Essentially, you you paraphrased it. I paraphrased. Was, it, was was very, was it was very similar. And there was a little bit of spice with it. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's blazing, but I would say that it was the wild sauce at the very least. Uh, <laughs> but it was just wild to me that this manager is literally like, mad at his customers for asking for a very normal feature of Buffalo Wild Wings to have all of the football games on. So week three is going to be spicy because I'm bringing it right back and I'm counting games. You, It wasn't even me that noticed it this time because it was, I don't know, somewhat. You should just game. walk in and ask for the remote. Just <laughs> <laughs> be honest. I'm wearing slippers next time. I'm bringing my lazy boy and I'm going to be like, you're going to have to go ahead and change that one. That one needs to go over here. And it's not I like I want I'm you asking. to bring an exact diagram of each game you want on each TV <laughs> and just hand it to him. That's the thing. I haven't even been like, hey, the Eagles game should be on the big screen or hey, this game should be over here. It's more of, hey, can we get that game on? There's three TVs that have the same one on and it would be just, you know, clicking a button. Also, it takes him all of three seconds to change it, which was the best part because just angry elf in me the whole time. So if you listen to our podcast, I'm sorry, bud, but stop it. Be better. So Joe, were you, you were there, right? I was there. I witnessed this what, whole thing. What, right level, what level of Karen was Josh during this entire thing? It wasn't so much Karen as if you don't change this fucking channel, I am going to throw something at you. That's pretty I, Karen. I it, that's pretty yeah. Karen. Just a little that's bit more aggressive. That's Karen. probably an eight. It wasn't. I want to speak to your manager. It was more of just a statement. Let me fight the manager. This is what's going to happen. It was like a boss level Karen, if you will. We had mid. <laughs> I had Midwest Gerald Karen. sitting next to me. Yeah, it was more of like I'll I'll I'll, I'll drop my stock in this company. <laughs> Shareholder type yeah. Karen. Shareholder my blazing points Karen. are going to be gone. <laughs> it was just more of like, hey, I just, is a very simple question. And he, we've literally never spoken a word to each other. And I've watched him because the, the monitor thing or whatever is right next to us. And Gerald goes, thank you. <laughs> Dude, when we first saw so the guy walks around, he he's, walks over all red face and he's like, we got a whole restaurant full of people right now. <laughs> and just like storms off. And we're like, oh, dude, there's like seven people in this whole place right now. It's 1130 on a freaking Sunday, but uh, you know, it was good. It was good. I mean, that just comes the territory it. as beat ups manager. Mark, Mark took it in stride. I miss him. Uh, RIP a specific restaurant that we used to go to. Yeah, I mean, if Thank the Bears and Eagles were playing at 12 o'clock, those were the two games on the big screen. So. Oh, yeah, he'd be, if we'd be playing like the Cleveland Browns, bad Cleveland Browns, without Baker Mayfield. And he'd be like, I got you on the big screen. I was like, thanks, dude. That was super unnecessary, <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, f- fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how you can work at a – actually, I'm not going to lie. There's another sports restaurant. I'm going to hide the identity of this one, Josh. It's not the same one that you just Different announced. Buffalo Wild Wings. It's got a it. different – restaurant around here and they don't even have sunday ticket uh we went in there uh last year to watch uh the football games and they only had the local channel games on we're like are there gonna be other games on these tvs and they're like oh we don't have the the the, the package for those and i was like this is a sports bar how the f- uh, dude that happened to me i used to go to this restaurant in st peter's and uh dude it was like i was ha- actually meeting joe there i'm like joe yeah come on up man they always have it this bartender's great well apparently that bartender left and nobody else did it it was just the rams game and it was this was back this shows the age back in st louis and i was like hey can we get it, the other game on there and one guy goes he'll be fine with just that game and i was like you're wrong you're wrong. I will not be fine. Wow. And, and uh, I did not go. So no, I, I had to chug to a pitcher to get to the next place. Uh, I I Ubered to the next place. I'm proud of. We you. take our football watching seriously. Well, here, Uber though, was man. around back then, but we'll we'll take your word for it. You don't you don't know that. No, we we won't do the math on that. Anyway, uh, let's get to some quick injury notes. This is this is nothing final. This is something to monitor. Obviously, we're doing this podcast on a Wednesday, so there's a lot. Like the Gabe Davis injury didn't even happen till Saturday. So literally, that was well after we even had a podcast. So we're just going to go through some of the injuries that have been listed, and we will just quickly touch on them. So first is uh, Michael Pittman. 
He was limited to practice today with his quad injury that kept him out on Sunday. I don't really think you have much to worry about here. I feel like he'll be back. Um, I would really pay attention to Thursday and Friday's practice. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, Saints running back Alvin Kamara obviously was out on Sunday as well. I think he was limited to practice today. Don't really think that's that big of a deal in the long run. Um, Hunter Renfro had a concussion, and he was not spotted at practice today. Is this something that we should be worried about? I mean, not really. I mean, it is. You wouldn't want to – Renfro probably <clears throat> won't play. I mean, it's hard to get through concussion protocol unless he, you know, practices on Thursday. But at the same time, Renfro is kind of a non-factor for fantasy purposes except for deep leagues at this point. So He did have a decent PPR game last week, but uh, no. I, I mean, it's concerning if he's – for his own health – if he's not going to play, but uh, there's a chance he plays. We just, like you said, it's early in the week. We really have no idea at the moment. And concussion. That's the thing is if he gets a limited participant in tomorrow, <clears throat> Thursday, he'll be fine. That's true. All right. Three more. Uh, Gabe Davis was limited today during practice from his ankle that he suffered on Saturday, which was like, man, if you had him on Monday, you, I had to, I had to start him and, and it was empty. It didn't have a spot. Appreciate to, you, by to, the way. Uh, yeah. I didn't have a spot to drop because I didn't have a player to drop. And so, yeah, he had to just sit there empty on my empty points on my bench or on my. I had the same thing happen. It was unfortunate. Very crappy. Uh, Dawson Knox did not practice today. That is something to monitor. Although the tight end position is a hellscape this year, so I don't even. You don't even really know if that matters. To be honest with you, Um, and then 49ers tight end George Kittle, one of the hopefully saving graces of the tight end position, should be back this weekend. It looks like he's trending towards playing. So he looks like kind of like Jesus anyway. So he's the tight end <laughs> Jesus is what I'm going to call him. Uh, Everything's going to be better. We need somebody to back. come back. There are two good tight ends and then there's everybody else. And it is, well, I guess Waller's kind of picked it back up. He wasn't good week one though. Yeah. The cliff, um, the cliff is steep after those first two. It though. is the steepest I've ever seen. Usually there's at least like a couple tight ends that like, you could stream that are like, okay, like they're, you know, they're going to put up 10 points, maybe like a touchdown and 30 yards, something like that. But nope, not this year. There's no. just nothing after. Evan Ingram's like top five and tight end target shares. And, you yep. know, if San Francisco keeps playing in these water conditions, they're going to need Kittle to walk on water for him. So <laughs> he better get back soon, especially after I blew my waiver, uh, budget on picking him up all, in that, all no bench that, league. that was a legendary <laughs> well, I, yes. to be fair i didn't know people weren't gonna drop people if i'd have known that i would just kept them but at the same time i'm glad i got her it's obvious so well i'm, gonna be I'm trading players for uh free agent budget this year. <laughs> yeah i would joe as soon as i saw you do that i was like whoa this is this is intense but i wanted him i got him that's how hey, i live my life i'm proud of you yeah okay well, that's all the news, quote unquote, that we have for this week. So we're just going to hop right into the one minute recaps of our teams. So I'm going to get my horrible team out of the way first so that you all can get on to, well, Joe, I don't know about you, but slightly better teams. <laughs> um, so I'll just start now. So the Panthers played the Giants on Sunday. Uh, Christian McCaffrey looked great, um, at least yardage wise, looked great. Did not get in the end zone. Sad to say. Um, Baker Mayfield is he's good not great and he's just not going to be good enough to win games if they're you know if if they're not in a game that they're winning he can drive down the field but he cannot punch it in the end zone it's just the weirdest thing i don't think there's really much you can do about it i joe your preseason prediction of dj Moore being terrible this year is spot on and it's not necessarily i don't even know if it's necessarily baker mayfield's fault because he's still at least could get the ball to Jarvis Landry when they play together, or still could get the ball to Njoku. And maybe the chemistry is just still off because he did get there really late in the process when he got traded there. So I'm, I'm hoping that meshes together. The defense is extremely solid, a very good unit, um, surprisingly. And so the defense, I think you're good with. Uh, the offense is just bad. Yep. And the fascinating thing about DJ Moore is that Robbie Anderson, after doing literally nothing last year, is now the leading receiver on that team, which is just yep. bonkers to me. DJ Moore's got, what, three for 41 exactly in both games or something like that? Something like that. He had one catch for negative yards for, like, the first half of the game on Sunday. So It's looking pretty rough. Good. Awesome. Pretty rough. Love it. You want, you want to talk about my Bears? Lifelong fan. Please do. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Keep pounding. <laughs> <laughs> Childhood. Childhood dreams. Um, Aaron Rodgers still owns the Bears, guys. Uh 
This is like the uh, 10th year in a row where we just get embarrassed on national television. And it's, you know, it hurts my soul. It really does. Um, Justin Fields looked horrible. He attempted 15 passes. David Montgomery was the highlight here. You know, he, he looked pretty solid on that team. Mooney's gone, non-existent. Komet's on a milk carton somewhere. Roquan Smith wanted to be paid $100 million. Can't make a damn tackle. Uh, <laughs> the line looks pretty good. Our, you know, our rookies, Brisker and Gordon, are playing pretty solid. Jalen Johnson's a shutdown guy. But, um, but yeah, there's zero offense on this team, and the defense is just on the field the whole time, and that's not a winning a winning uh, recipe. So I'm Still very not. sad, and I don't expect it to turn around anytime soon. Roquan's just trying not to get hurt, let's be honest. <laughs> no, I agree, and I'm totally about that, but, you know, you want a contract, make it Roquan's happen. like, let me get out of here. Yeah. Dude, I feel like, yeah, at some point, there's got to be more than, what, 40 passing opportunities in two games? Like, that. that's a one game for most people, and the fact that there's not even that, and I... It's not the running game's fault. The running... Your, your pass or running block looks phenomenal. The pass yeah. block just looks awful, and I don't understand, because, yeah. like, yeah, they're different things, but they're the same guys. Like, you'd yeah. think that one would be good and the other would be good. Yeah, they're opening up the running lanes for Montgomery. You know, he's playing almost, well, shit, almost 75% of snaps on this team. So he's fine. I'm not worried about him, but everyone else, kind of worried about him. Not so say. is Matt Nagy still calling the offense, Joe? I think can we, so. Can we be honest? I think so. I think he, uh, you know, he's in KC now, and I think his headset's just still wired in the field's helmet. <laughs> and he's just sitting there on the TV, just being like, "Oh yeah, do this." It it feels a lot like Matt Nagy out there, yep. and it's weird to say the least. Uh, I mean, honestly, sad. it's really impressive what Montgomery has done with the team. Like, I'm not like to be on that bad of a team to have literally no pass options or pass offense to have the games he's had and even be fantasy relevant is phenomenal. Because usually it's the running back who gets shut down first in those kind of offenses. So, not wrong. Yeah. All right, uh, on to the more the victory little, lap. little lighter news. Uh, the birds looked phenomenal against the Vikings, made Kirk Cousins look silly. My favorite part was when uh, Kevin O'Connell got on after their first two three and outs and goes, well, it looks like, uh, you know, what, what can we do better? Well, what we can do is, you know, you, well, the good thing is they got Slay matched up with Jefferson, which is a great matchup for us. He's wrong. That was a terrible matchup for them. Slay owns the Vikings from now on. Uh, three interceptions. We held them to 52 rushing yards, which is just wild that Dalvin Cook only got six rushes when the game was really still a game the entire time. It was 24 to seven at halftime, and that was the final score. So there could have been a, a 30 yard run. And the way DeAndre Swift went through the Eagles defense, I figured they would have used them more. But honestly, even the run defense looked good. Slay was a madman. Uh, holding Jefferson to under 50 yards is just awesome to see. And seeing Miles Sanders with a, the lion's share of the, the running back. The running game is phenomenal. Uh, don't worry about the rest of the, the wide receivers and stuff. This was a non-normal game. So you're fine with A.J. Brown. Don't panic on that. We'll get to that later. So he should have had like six interceptions. Dude, he should have he broke the record. Honestly. He literally bobbled an interception, and then he threw right back to him on basically the exact same play. And so he's like, oh, cool. Redemption. That was Weird. slight. Slate deserves something for that. There has to be some kind of like incentive in his contract. Like, hey, here's a million dollars, man. That was cool. I think you should just give out a million dollars for the. Yeah, like, you just played really good. Here's a million dollars. Like, not even like uh, there's an incentive. He should just get a million dollars for being that good. Yeah. <laughs> in that game. Yeah. I was yeah, I excited so. to see Quez Watkins catch that deep box. So like, <laughs> that's good for him, man. You know, I think that's, that's another person people don't really realize uh, is going to have a role. He was on the field the majority of the snaps for third wide receiver. Pascal did come in a little bit here and there. Uh, we're not running a lot of two tight end sets because we don't really have two tight ends anymore. Uh, there are some guys behind Goddard, but um, no, honestly, Pascal is kind of an extension of the run game, I've noticed, and Quez Watkins is going to have some deep targets. I know it doesn't look like it. Oh, he had two targets. He's going to be uh, relevant in this game, especially if we're ever, we ever find ourselves down. Which fortunately we've been up both both the two games, so it's true. I don't right. see you guys being down that much this year, but no. Nope. Uh, I, I looked at the schedule and was like, "Oh, we have some tough games coming up," and uh, some of them would have been tough games if the teams didn't suck this year. So uh, the schedule is a cakewalk right now. We will lose something stupid. I, I, we'll get to that some other time for sure. But the thing is, is that the defense looked a lot better this week. Um, I think we yeah. did. We need to give a lot of credit to the Lions what they did in Week One because as 
Justin Jefferson found out not an easy task uh, taking down the Eagles defense. So and you um, do it with running backs. <clears throat> though, is the thing. And they did not yeah. utilize, they did not come in with that game plan for some reason. They thought, no, Jefferson I mean, they tried to do, they tried to do some screens to like Mattinson stuff. It's just, they, the O line wouldn't get any block on them. So they tackled right away or didn't even get a chance to catch it. So yeah, Eagles, they're good. They good. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program okay Let's get on to the YouTube segment this week, which is also our featured segment, and that is so your player is on a bad offense. Um, the criteria for this is uh, and every NFL team, we're going to go through every NFL team that has yet to score 30 points through two weeks, um, and there are six on board currently. Um, so we're going to talk through these players, these skill position players, whether you should trade them, whether you should trade for them, or whether you should just hold them on the team if you have them. So we're going to start with the least scoring offense so far in the NFL, and that is your Indianapolis Colts. So, Joe, would you like to kick us off on what to do with this offense? Yeah, you need to drop Jonathan Taylor and trade Michael Pittman. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, they're, I mean, those are the two guys you have on your team. Uh, everyone is really hyped up about Alec Pierce. You know, Paris Campbell made some uh, news. Everyone thought Mo Ali Cox was going to be this breakout here. I mean, I'm pretty indifferent on those guys until we see something pop for until we see another receiver start getting sustainable targets. I mean, Ashton Dolan was your basically operating as your wide receiver too. Paris Campbell is non existent in this offense. And then you have Alec Pierce, who really hasn't even played that much. You got Kyler, Kylan Grayson leading the tight ends and receptions. You got Jelani Woods riding the bench and Mo Ali Cox. He did drop a touchdown last week so he did get targeted in the red zone but i don't think i mean if you got these guys on your team they're droppable or if you could get something from them trade them i don't Uh, alec pierce could have something later in the year but i like Hines, i like Pittman, i like taylor that's it that's all i want on this offense yeah that's pretty much the only real fantasy relevant people at the moment dolan did a great job filling in so he's kind of someone to watch for um i'm down for a a speculative ad at the moment but the problem i I would say is i think what they're missing right now is that clear-cut wide receiver two and hopefully alec pierce can jump into that role and maybe that's what's going to happen here whenever he comes back which i believe he might have practiced i'm not 100 sure at this point but uh i think they're pushing yeah Pittman and uh him practice this Mm -hmm. week and limit in a limited fashion so if they can get them two back, I think that this offense changes a little bit because I think it shows that Dolan's a capable wide receiver, but definitely not the wide receiver one. Uh, not that we ever expected it, but they need them back because there's no passing game. And Jonathan Taylor, uh, they didn't really even try to use him, I felt like, because it just was a, a bad game. Matt Ryan looked bad. There was no one to throw to. They should have really gone out and got someone. Like Obviously, they got uh, Pierce in the draft, but like, the wide receiver room, even with those two, is still really thin. And they, there was plenty of wide receivers in free agency this year. Well, I mean, we, I think we all kind of thought T.Y. Hilton would be headed back. I mean, would that only too. be there a limited basis probably, but still it's it's something to have on that offense. Um, I really – I took the over on Jonathan Taylor's receiving yards this, this past week because I thought they got to throw him the ball, right? They don't have Pittman. They got to throw it to their potentially best – catching player on the field maybe not maybe Naheem Hines is better than him but I still think Taylor's 
just as capable, but they didn't even do that really. He had one ball. seven. Yeah, he had one ball for seven yards, and that's disaster. So this just leads me to what I consider a, a hurtful thing for my soul to do. But I'm gonna have to admit, Josh was right. I mean, Matt Ryan is washed. Carson Wentz was a clear upgrade on Matt Ryan, and this offense is dead in the water if they cannot figure it out. I think Matt Ryan is hurt currently, which isn't helping matters, but he does not look like he can complete balls on a consistent basis. And if Michael Pittman's not out there to make him look better, I this team's a trash heap. It's just bad. Well, just imagine if that uh, Pittman injury was a f- season-long injury. That was oh, one yeah. week, and that looked horrible. terrible. And that's that's every that's all Jonathan Taylor's stock at that point, too, because like you said, they didn't even use him in the past game, which they should have, because, I mean, mm-hmm. who else are you throwing to? Like, well, a bunch they started of off throwing to Heinz a lot, and then they just bailed on that, too. So it's, you know, I, they, I would, we thought they had a pretty good schedule, but, I mean, their next games, they got Casey this week, Titans, Denver, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Washington. I mean, Tennessee and Washington aren't anything scary, but, you know, do we expect them to turn it around right there? I think, um, especially if Matt Ryan continues to struggle, Pittman is a massive buy low for me because people have a really short attention span in mm-hmm. fantasy. So definitely monitor that. I think I think this will be I, – I, obviously they're not going to go in and beat up on the Chiefs, but I think this will be a get-right week for their offense. I think that they'll show – because Casey's defense really isn't super scary. I mean, they're not they're not bad but they're not scary. So I think that Matt Ryan just needs to get comfortable back there and figure out, I don't know if it's play calling or what Frank Reich's been a really smart uh, head coach this year or in the years past, but maybe, maybe it wasn't Carson Wentz's fault that they lost to the Houston Texans and didn't make the playoffs is all I had to say. There is a possibility. So I think our verdict for this team, hold Jonathan Taylor, his value is really low right now. So I would not, I think you're going to get a low ball offer, even if you tried to trade him away. Uh, trade for Michael Pittman, uh, possibly, and the rest of the team probably a hold at this stage of the game or drop, but that's not I think an option. So I think it'll be real difficult to trade for Pittman, especially seeing how much that he is the offense needed, yeah, the passing game. Yeah. So uh, it'll be hard, but I would not be against trying to get Pittman and be like, yeah, this team's a dumpster fire. You don't want him. Uh, but I don't think you're, you're you're holding Jonathan Taylor. You can't do anything with him because you won't get. No, I have seen people dropping Naeem Hines. I I'm perfectly fine with keeping him on the bench because as far as bye weeks and stuff go, I mean that's easy PPR points right there. So yeah, monitor that. If he gets dropped, you know, and you're not going to start someone, pick him up. He's a good Completely. player. All right, let's move on to our next bad offense, and that would be the Dallas Cowboys. They have scored a total of 23 points this year. I think we can all admit that's a little bit because of Dak Prescott's injury. However, before he even got hurt, it was not like they were exactly humming down the field as is. So, Josh, can you talk us through the Cowboys? I honestly think the Cowboys significantly upgraded from Dak Prescott. And I'm not saying that that's uh, I'm just saying from the sample size that we have, Dak Prescott looked terrible, uncomfortable and everything in between. They were playing Tampa Bay's defense week one, uh, but Cooper rush did, did a really good job. Uh, their defense is going to keep them in games. So I think that their offense will have to score some points because they're going to eventually give up big plays. Uh, but honestly, Zeke, not super excited. I don't think anyone was super excited about Zeke. Pollard has shown exactly what Billy called out at the beginning of last year. Uh, and CD Lamb actually had a serviceable game. Um, I, Dalton Schultz, I believe he's injured, uh, may be out for a game. So I think CD Lamb is going to get a pretty decent amount of targets. Keep an eye if CD <laughs> Gallup comes back. He should be rostered in all formats right now. I don't know why he's not. I think he's like 50%. Um, definitely want to pick him up because whether before or after, once Dak gets back, there's going to be, he's going to be utilized and I, I'm not starting him until Dak's back, but CD, I think you're rolling out there this whole time. I think Pollard's definitely startable still. I, I think you could try to uh, maybe bait some of these Cowboys players away. So maybe I'd say trade four. I don't think you have to panic just yet. The Cowboys do still have a good roster um, and Dak is only going to be out for a few more games. So I don't think that you're panicking just yet, but honestly, I'm panicking because <laughs> Dak's coming back with the plate yeah. in his hands. Screws. Uh, Cooper Rush looked mighty fine against the Cincinnati Bengals. Absolutely. I'm trading for all of these guys. This is everyone on the team that is at least least bit serviceable I'm trading for. You got New York Giants coming up. You got the Commanders, the Rams, the Eagles. You got Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, New York, Indy, Houston, Jacksonville, and Philly. 
that is a phenomenal schedule coming up here for the Cowboys. And if you can land these guys at the prices they're going now, they're going to figure it out. And with the matchups they have, it's it's a great time to buy them. Agree completely, Joe. I think the one thing we can tell the people out there, they have played Tampa's defense and Cincinnati's defense. Yes. Those are hard defenses, guys. And they are going to get – the defenses they're going to play are going to get easier. It's going to be easier to move the ball. Um, this is, I, in my opinion, kind of just a fluke at this point that they've been this low. Um, but at the same time, they couldn't score against Tampa Bay, which is why they're still here. And I think it's going to get better. So I think, Joe, I think you're right. I think these are all trade for Zeke, Pollard, Gallup, if he's not available, to get Gallup on your team, CD. Get, I mean, I would even consider trading somebody for Prescott. Like if he's just sitting in their IR spot, just see what they've got cooking in there, you know? I, I completely agree. Um, honestly, I think Zeke is one of those guys that you're like, oh, he's only gotten 50 yards each game, and it's just kind of, like, ugh. I don't, I, I don't want him on my team. That's one of the people I think you can buy the easiest, and I don't mm-hmm. think you'll have to pay very much. Nope. I think as long as yeah. you can give them – I'm not saying Jeff Wilson, but that type of player who scored 13 right, to so 15 points. CEH, are you trading him for Zeke? I'm holding CEH. I'm holding CEH right now. For some reason, Mahomes in those tap passes, uh, Billy, I think, called this in the offseason that uh, CEH is going to have a role because there's not the receivers aren't trustworthy enough, and CEH has held the bag pretty well. So, yeah. bearing fruit. But I don't think really. he, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna hold up, but I don't <laughs> think you could quite trade him just yet. I mean, I bring I, it up because every so. article I read, every uh, tweet I read is trade Ceh now. His value is not going to be this high ever again. Like, I mean, they're probably they're I, I probably feel like right. We're on to something here. They probably are right. Okay, let's move on to our next offense, which I will take, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think that this is a complete buy low situation right here. They have scored 24 points this year so far. They have played the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. It is tough to score on those uh, on, on those defenses, especially like they were playing in Denver. So, or no, they played in Seattle the first game. But it's tough to play on apparently in your own stadium because Russell Wilson was having trouble, couldn't even hear his own self think when he was playing for Denver. I think Seattle is a perfect situation right now to pick up DK, to pick up Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett had a killer game. I think that that's as they get more comfortable with Geno. I think that's a way to go. I do not think these running backs are somebody something that you want to trade for. Um, I don't think that they're necessarily super usable because Rashard Penny wasn't very, I don't know, he didn't have a very good game. When Ken Walker came back, neither of them really, you know, blew off the page. But maybe this, maybe this is a sign of things to come. Maybe this offense will get better. But I think Seattle is a by low because they are going to be losing a lot of games. And I think that this is a team that is going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. I definitely agree with you. I think um, my one pause, one guy, I mean, Gino does not throw deep. He, no. We haven't seen him really throw deep. So I'm worried about Metcalf. Lockett's probably awesome for those, you know, cheap PPR points on there. <laughs> but because the lack of the deep ball, you're also putting Walker and Penny at risk here. So I like, I definitely like getting Lockett on my team. I think he's, well, after last week, probably a little bit more expensive. But uh, I'm not super high on DK yet coming back. And definitely Rashad Penny I'm down on because Walker, they, they threw him right in and he had 25% of the snaps. So I think that's only going to increase. So Rashad Penny's workload scares me a lot. I, I would love to know the stats on this. I don't know why everyone thinks DK Metcalf's a deep ball receiver. He really isn't. It's it's Lockett that was the deep ball receiver in the past. And so obviously Lockett has a little bit more speed. I'm not panicking on DK personally right now. Um, he's had seven targets a game. He looks fine. They're just not breaking for anything. They're giving him little three-yard passes that he has to dink and dunk for seven yards. So it, once the play calling gets a little changed, I think they're going to have to work DK in. And you know he's going to get touchdowns because he's the biggest body on the field. Um, obviously the 49ers have a really stout defense and I'm not worried about that part. I will say one person I am buying right now is Kenneth Walker. Uh, and you might not even have to buy him. He might just be on uh waiver wire because we've seen one game from him. They abandoned the run really early in that game and they are, they did not look back. Walker did fine. I mean, it was like, he didn't get enough carries to warrant anything. Uh, but Penny didn't look good either. And that's the thing. So if, if Penny had a big game, I'd be like a little worrisome, but they abandoned the run really early. It was Walker's first game. Keep an eye on him at the very least. See if he's uh, in on waivers because honestly, I could see someone dropping him because they're you know small bench or just don't feel like holding on. And 
waiting for Seattle to be good, but uh, they're going to have to run the ball to make be a football team at some point because Gino can't carry it on his own. So I, I'm a big fan of trying to buy Walker really cheap right now. Yeah. And Probably just to true. clarify, I, I'm not panicking on Metcalf. I'm just not trading for him. Oh, 100%. I'm not trading yeah. for anyone on Seattle, except for maybe Walker, if you could like add him into a trade somewhere else or something, or just like get him off the wa- waiver wire. Like I actually really like to know what his own percentage is. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the tight ends go, I mean, you probably got Fant thinking that that was going to be the number one on this team, but it looks like they've got a committee of tight ends that they're going to throw out there each week. So I don't really think you're going to have any of them that are going to be paying you back anything so adds more to the tight end headache this year yes it sure does the committee the top the tight end committee which is apparently a new strategy teams are using this year has just grown a fantastic headache for a lot of teams i think it's just an everything committee man and if Taysom hill keeps doing what he's doing we're gonna see a quarterback committee so (laughs) nice uh back to uh ken walker he's actually owned in 59 percent of leagues right now and down 10 percent. so people are dropping him right now and i think this is the time and there's no i'm sorry but there has been nobody on the waiver wire i don't know why anyone like i dropped uh pacheco and sky Moore, thinking i'm gonna like normal fantasy football i'm gonna go find new players there was no one there i sit here and i go oh my god why did i do that like what am i gonna go trade him for she just kept him at this point yeah Uh, so it cracks me up the overreaction and these, you know, the people that don't pay attention all year and then they read all this stuff about the draft and they draft the rookie because it was the next available guy in their draft queue and then uh, drop him immediately. It just cracks me up. I just I love, can't I love imagine dropping Kenneth Walker after one game of play and a bad game. It was like, oh, yeah, he sucks. And it's like, I can't imagine dropping him after what he did at Michigan State. I mean, well, this this is when this is where people not watching college and they just see a name of rookie and they see it listed on their little draft sheet. Like this is where that all goes out the window. Like it just doesn't do anything good for. That's why we do the tailgates. Exactly all about recency bias. Well, that's why we do this podcast around draft season to try to help yep. people out and understand who these people are. But hey, if you're not listening by now, you you know you're just missing out on the free information. Okay, let's move on to the next team. Um, Josh, I'm going to give this one to you, and that is the Patriots, who have also scored 24 points so far. So, Josh, what would you like to do with the Patriots? Dump them all as fast (laughs) as we can. Literally every single one of them. Um, Damian Harris did have a fine game last week, and, of course, we saw uh, Nelson Aguilar's broken play touchdown where the defender tried to go for the interception instead of just putting a hand out and batting the ball down like he should have. Um, so Ramondre Stevenson, everyone told us, Oh, he's going to be really good. He's going to be involved in the past game. Uh, he has what five targets. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Three targets. Yeah. Not involved in the past game whatsoever. The tight ends have been a dumpster fire since they signed them both to giant contracts, trying to get that Hernandez Gronkowski thing going again. That didn't work They're, they They don't even actually barely equate to one tight end at this point. So, uh, you're not if you own if you have them on your team, you should just get rid of them. Honestly, I mean, sure, keep them if you want, but I, I'm done with them. Uh, Stevenson and Harris. Harris would be a really good time to dump him, but honestly, he hasn't done terrible. Uh, he had 15 carries last game, so uh, sure, take that as you will. But I, I don't. I mean, Jacoby Myers. All right, my apologies. Jacoby Myers actually has had a serviceable couple games, and he's getting targets. So sure, keep him. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me. Like I'm out on everyone else. I'm not banking on Damian Harris to start. Ramondre Stevenson's riding the bench. Uh, try to get him, try to add him to a trade if you can, or wait for a good game and try to flip him. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Harris is he's playing like 40% of the snaps. He's just getting the ball every time he's in there. So he's not doing much of anything beyond just getting the ball a limited amount of times. Ramondre Stevenson's playing more snaps, but he's not as efficient. Now I have seen people drop Ramondre Stevenson. That that is a pickup for me because if Harris were to go down, uh we've seen what Stevenson can do in the past. The other guy I'm very interested in is Devontae Parker. Week one he played hundred percent of the snaps on the offense. Week two he played like 92 or or something like that. He's out there every freaking snap, so you'd have to imagine that he's going to start getting some passes thrown his way now. Um, so he actually it's a name did, I'm monitoring. Not to interrupt you, but uh, he actually did have a really nice route, and a defensive player just made a really great play on a deep ball for him. So Devontae yeah. Parker is being targeted out there, and they're not bad targets. But yeah, I just I didn't mean go. Don't drop Ramondre Stevenson. Just trade him. 
Like, let's just get him to someone else's team. Don't, or don't just have leave him on the bench just... until we I, uh, be better. I, I think it's a hold right now. I think this is why we don't give Matt Patricia play calling duties um, in preseason. <laughs> I think we've kind of proven why that is not something that we should do. Um, he was never an offensive coordinator before, and we're finding out why. Um, yes, this team, like, I don't think they even know who the good players on this team are. Like, I, I know that I'm speaking as somebody who is just a fan of football, um, that tries to analyze fantasy football. I don't appear, I don't think it appears that they know who the good players are on the team. I, I just don't because like, and I know that this is just me being a little bit of a homer around this player, but Kendrick Bourne is a good player. He's not out there very much. Uh, Jacoby Myers, we tried this experiment last year with him. They're doing the exact same thing again, and it's having uh, literally the same results. Like, I just don't – I don't understand what the process of um, their talent uh, evaluations are because it does not appear that they do any <laughs> at all. So, yeah, I would hold some – like the, the players like Ramondre, I would hold Damian Harris um, – I don't know how you can hold the tight ends or receivers and feel good about it. If you need a bench spot, those guys got to go. Okay. Except for Jacoby. I'm saying dump them as in trade them once again, because I don't believe in Mac Jones. Mac Jones hasn't looked good enough to make these running backs have consistently good games. Unless they just commit to what the Eagles did last year and just go run, 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 run and give them both 15 carries a game, which I think one player got 15 carries in one of the games so far. So I just, to me, it's like, they're not a run team. They're not a team. Like, they're just, this is just a bad team. Like they're going to have one of the higher picks and they're probably going to be drafting a replacement for Mac Jones. Probably Absolutely. So. Okay. I'm going to move on to the Tennessee Titans who have scored 27 points. And I'm Joe, believe me, I'm saving the last team for you because I know that they're close to your heart. Uh, but the Tennessee Titans, they they are growing further away, Billy. Yes, <laughs> um, they have scored. Yeah, twenty-seven points so far. Derrick Henry has. Uh, it, it looks like we're finally getting to the end of the road for the machine himself. I, I, I don't know. I think there may be two, one too many replacement parts on the, uh, the on the old machine, and I don't think he's going to quite make it to the end of the season because that old line is just not good enough, and he does not appear to be able because they used to do those swing passes out. And then he would just bowl people over. It's just not working this year. And I think it, it stems from the injury he had last season. Um, I think the wide receivers are all trade targets. Traylon Burks is a trade target. Kyle Phillips fumbled that uh, punt return, and they just put him in the doghouse the rest of the night. He didn't even touch the ball after that. He wasn't even on the field, I don't think. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive. The game did get out of hand pretty quick. The Bills were crushing him. But Kyle Phillips, I think, is a trade target. Traylon Burks is a trade target. Robert Woods, I think, is a trade target. I do think this offense is going to see better days. It's just they're not equipped to play the Buffalo Bills. They're just – it's not going to – like they used to be able to like run the ball and run, 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 and then try to eat the clock away and then get big passes. This team's not very not, – not that good anymore, so we're kind of stuck with who we got here. No, absolutely. Um, Derrick Henry is a massive buy low for me right now. Agreed. I do not think Father Time has caught up to him just yet. I think the play at quarterback is just abysmal. And, yeah, you're completely right. The Bills are just a completely different level of team to the Tennessee Titans. But Tennessee had playoff hopes before the season. Their fans had playoff hopes. If they lose to the Raiders and if they lose to the Colts or if they lose to the Commanders or they lose two out of those three games right there, Malik Willis is starting after their bye week for week seven. And if Malik Willis is in there, Derrick Henry just ramped up to a whole new opportunity right there. And I think it's absolutely going to make him a stud for your playoffs. There. All right, let me um, let me so add on to that, it. and I'll let yeah. you talk again uh, because I was going to say the exact same thing. I was trying to let Billy finish, but I can't let you finish because you stole the words right out of my mouth. You know who? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm happy that we're on the same page. I think Derrick Henry is a massive buy low right now. I think you are buying him if you can. You know who's a great trade target for him right now? Clyde Edwards Hilaire, running back number five. He was drafted at least somewhat high enough to where people had the Henry. You might have to add on something else there, a wide receiver or uh, something decent, but uh, him or like, I don't know, AJ Dillon, who's had a nice role. Uh, someone in that like mid range, like you didn't draft him as your first round pick. A lot of people probably aren't buying him yet, but if he has another game where he only gets, you know, three to four yards per carry, the thing is he looked fine against the giants. He just didn't break out anything. That was all it came down to. He's always averaged three, three point five, four ish. Uh, but whenever he breaks out a big one, that always adds up to a lot of points. 
they played against Buffalo and there was no chance in hell they were going to win that game. So and they took him out halfway through the third quarter yeah. too. So I he would have ended up that with... sheet that these people are looking at is very deflated. Said would we trade Clyde Edwards Hilaire for Zeke? Nope. But we would we trade him for Derrick Henry? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, you're buying Derrick Henry right now if you can. That's my biggest take here. Uh, there are better days ahead, as Joe also alluded to. Malik Willis is coming in sooner rather than later at this point. T- Tannehill looks terrible. Um, I will say that uh, one person you do want to hold right now and and or try to trade for is Traylon Burks. He actually has looked <clears throat> fine. He's just not getting enough targets and not enough yeah. work because the team is just bad. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Woods later. I'll talk about him on the next pod. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to our last team. And Joe, with 29 points, um, it's your Chicago Bears. So please, uh, what yeah, should I we think do? we were like number three on this list. I figured we'd be at the bottom, but... Uh... Um, on that one. So Chicago, right? There are better days ahead for this offense. San Francisco is a great defense. It was a horrible game. And then Green Bay, I mean, they just lit us up from the start and they have a very good defense as well. I'm not saying Chicago has a good offense. I'm just saying Mooney is going to get more targets. He is the number one wide receiver on this team. They're going to figure out a way. He might have 14 targets this week against Houston just to get him going. So they're going to get him involved in this offense. Justin Fields is going to start moving more, start running, start making bigger plays. And I think we're actually going to see Komet. I, of course, it's been half a decade at this point. Who the hell knows if Komet's ever going to do anything. But they're going to be fine. So if you have Montgomery, <laughs> if you have Mooney, if you have Fields, and they start doing stuff for you, you trade them because they have a week 14 buy. And that's right when your playoffs are for fantasy. So I want you to hold your Chicago players. In fact, you could even buy them if you wanted to, but let them have some big games or let them start doing stuff and then unload them to strengthen your team for the playoffs. That's where you, I'm at on the Sorry, board. you're saying Chicago Chicago Bears players. You're talking about Mooney and Montgomery. Maybe Khalil yes. Herbert. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted just wanted to clear that oh, up. Oh yeah, Herbert's you're saying players as if there's like this this <laughs> Herbert's another of, guy I'm seeing everywhere on waivers right now. 25% up, man. Mm-hmm. roster percentage right now. He was yeah. the only guy to run for over 100 yards against the Bucks last year. Like he's very talented and he's just going to keep playing more, so get him on your team. If something were to happen to Montgomery, you have an absolute stud on your bench already. And not to mention averaging over like 7 yards per carry right now. So like yeah he's not getting the the play right now but he deserves to stay on your bench he's one of the players that you go he's playing fine he's just a backup is what it comes down to so i think no no i think this whole i think that this whole we covered all two of the players bill you don't have to have any i was about to say there's no notes those those (laughs) no notes you covered it somehow this team is not is the sixth worst and not the worst so the fact that you're able to be doing this joe with Dante Pettis and Equinemia St. Brown and whoever the hell else you got out there. I, you know, kudos to you. All right. Listen, Aaron Pringle's we, playing a couple snaps. We joke mm-hmm. around a lot, but the bears will get, see better days. There will be some better times here. Fantasy wise. I mean, they're still going to lose some games, but there was a reason they beat San Francisco and it wasn't just because of the rainbow. Like they had, they had, they owned up to the, the, the day and, and took advantage of it. Yeah. There was some kind of broken plays, but Mooney or not Mooney fields will look better. Mooney will also look better, but Fields will look better. He's he's still a rookie. I'm sorry. When you start a rookie in his rookie year, they look bad. Usually 10 times, 10 times out of 10, in my opinion, 10 times out of 11, whatever, especially, especially with Nagy. And yeah, this especially team is, Nagy. this team is broken, but there is going to be better spots. I, I mean, I don't think Fields is quite rosterable, but like, you're definitely like keeping an eye on him. Like for sure. Don't give up. Sorry. All Jack. right. Go Better days ahead for all of these teams, we hope. But we hope that this will at least get you through the next couple weeks as your panic meter is starting to rise on these horribly bad offenses. The Colts scored zero points on Sunday. It was the worst worst thing I've ever seen. So this exercise is like Xanax for your fantasy football season. So exactly, we hope you're panicking. Just do something similar, mellow out. Give us a call, tweet at us. We'll talk to you. For sure. Okay. Well, we're going to close out this podcast how we are going to close out every podcast. And that is with a random soundbite from the past week of the NFL that uh, these guys have not heard, I don't think. Maybe they have in passing, but I have not shown it to them. Um, and guys, this week, it's all about Tyreek Hill and wheelbarrows. For all, the, you ain't got to ask me no question on that. For all the haters out there, man, 
who said Tua can't do this, can't be that. You know, I really hope you soon jump on jump on his bandwagon, man, because not only is Coach McDaniels gonna need a wheelbarrow, he also gonna need a Tua gonna need a wheelbarrow after the season. The tote his money, his boatload of money, and also his Coca Hornets. <laughs> Randy, your balls. Randy, your balls. <laughs> oh my! Literally, God. the image I got as Tyree Kill was describing. This All right, no time like the present. I will pay up on my fireball bet. I you did this on purpose, Bill. Uh, I sure this did. Is actually, this is actually Bird Dog, a uh, little Blackberry action. Uh, we're, for, we're for sale, Bird Dog. We're for sale here, guys. Uh, yeah. Fireball is just—it's a nice—it's got a nice ring to it. But we could do a Bird Dog bet all day too. So, uh, sure. cheers. Miami Dolphins, I still think it's a fluke. I am I am not on Tyreek Hill's, Tyreek Hill's side. I still think that two is trash. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. You build a whole offense with guys that run four twos, and there's going to be some really fun games. So I love watching this offense. I'm here for it. Tua is probably going to get a whole bunch of money just for that game alone that he just did. Um, and, Josh, I told you in the third quarter of that game that Miami had them right where they wanted them, you know, down four <laughs> touchdowns. So down four you touchdowns. say it's a fluke, but we called it here. We called it here on OP. Now, there was a lot of broken plays, and I did not expect that from Baltimore's secondary. That was really bad of them. Um, I, I, I blame that on Baltimore eight times out of ten, 11 times out of 14. Well, just because Tyree Kill said that, I'm going to show up to my work on Monday with a wheelbarrow and just be like, fill this shit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that that strategy. Okay, well, that is it for this part of the podcast. We have a part two coming out that will preview every game in the NFL and will tell you every player that you need to pay attention to in those games. But for now, it's follow at OP Joe with two E's. Follow at Josh Hall, S-T-L. That is with one H. Uh, follow at Ombre Vendor and follow at Offensive Points on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube as well. Follow us on TikTok as well at the IDP Army. We will be able to talk to you there as my dog panics around the house right now because she's pumped as hell for this NFL slate. So, Joe, without being said, with that being said, get us out of here. Good night. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.